Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to the Vault Podcast, classic music reviews, presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and the crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It's another edition of the Vault Podcast, classic music reviews, presented by IV Creative. It's a perspective of the classics from a fresh point of view. We appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective. You could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, B. Cox, and with me I have the crew, as always, comprised with these fine gentlemen around me. To my left, we have my boy Damo, Dominique Marks. He is the host of the Raw Sex Podcast, airing every Wednesday with new episodes on Podbean. Also catch him on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, talking relationships, dating, sex, and everything in between. To my right, we have my boy, D.E.T. Dave. He is the host of the Ground Rule Double podcast. You can catch that weekly, twice weekly on Facebook, usually on evenings, anywhere between Monday, Tuesdays, Thursdays, or Fridays. Check your listings. You can also catch them as well on Spreaker, Deezer, Google Podcast, and also on Mixcloud. And in front of me to my 12 o'clock, we have my boy Jason, J.O. He is a hip-hop connoisseur, of course, of everything from East Coast, West Coast, Down South, and everything in between. Appreciate having you gentlemen here with me as always. And we take you back in time to look at the classics and we go back to 1994 to the shy. Right there on the south side with our boy Common, back then just known as Common Sense. Resurrection, the second studio album by Common, Relativity Records, released October 4th, 1994 on Relativity. Entirely produced by the great No ID and also produced as well by Why Not. No ID also produced the majority of Common's 1992 debut, Can I Borrow a Dollar? Was recorded mostly in Chicago, produced, executive produced by No ID and also by Why Not? And had a runtime of 54 minutes and 23 seconds with 15 tracks. And including the end of it was the first time that we heard Pops Rap by Lonnie Pops Lynn, who was. Common's father, former professional basketball player, and he featured prominently on a few of Common's albums doing that famous Pops rap at the end of them. His unmistakable voice at the end of it uh, being on his son's record, and it was refreshing to sort of hear from Pops. But this was Common's second album here on Resurrection on Relativity Records, one of three records he actually did on Relativity Records. The third album, One Day It All Makes Sense, would be the last one he would do on Relativity Records. And Common did this. This was really when he was starting to get out there into the mainstream. And then the title track, and then, of course, the most famous track from this album, I Used to Love Her, is probably the reason why this track got out there and was so popular. But then it was also somewhat of his breakthrough album because it sort of pushed him to the consciousness of the rest of the rap world. And then, of course, the song itself, I Used to Love Her, was popular, but then also controversial as well. So... That song was the cause of a lot of criticism from folks in hip hop and led to the beef between Common and Ice Cube. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
<laughs> I, I, you, can oh, tell, you can tell why there was the beef. Yeah. So, and those two actually were beefed with each other and had a uh, rap battle and then eventually uh, squashed their beef at Minister Farrakhan's house in Chicago. Who you think won? Common. Well, per, I personally think Common won, but that's Com- just me, Common though. got that joint. And you talk to people that some people say Cube won, but I think I think Common. Any Anybody... Uh, West of the Mississippi says common one. I'm well, sorry. We have a, a we have a somewhat West Coast guy <laughs> over here, Jason. Even, even, I, even I made common beat that joint. Oh, oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> from his West Coast roots. Yeah. <laughs> nah, but it's um. Common but, gave it to him. No, but that that song has been popular. It's probably been one of Common's most popular comments. It was a, a great concept of a song for him to use that as a. Hip hop as a woman, pretty much as a as a as a metaphor to hip hop as far as what hip hop was, and it was interesting how at the end of the song, a lot of people didn't know he was talking about hip hop until that last line of the song, because the one girl I'm talking about y'all is hip hop, and yeah. you know I don't think a lot of people really knew until then. If you listen to it for the very first time, having never heard it before, mm-hmm. you probably didn't know that's what he was talking about, but. Album was divided into two different sections: East Side Story, which was one tracks one through seven, and then the West Side Story, which was a track eight through fifteen. In the notes, of course, it says here Stony Island Avenue uh, runs through the South Side of Chicago. That's where Common was raised. Common, to me, being based in Chicago, a lot of the things and things that he are based on and things that he actually did in Chicago, and to me, I think this album is one of them. When you hear that, you hear a lot of different other references to a lot of different things in Chicago. When you talk about uh, Whitney Younghausen. And then, of course, you act and you also hear things like uh, going down to the pier, which was Navy Pier in Chicago, Michigan, Michigan Avenue and things like you'll hear a lot of different other Chicago references. And so he was uh, one of the few rappers at that particular time who would come out of Chicago. Him and, of course, the brat was also from Chicago as well, came out with an album this year. But he was one of the first MCs in Chicago to come out to really be, a, you know, successful in the mainstream. So. I'll go around here and everyone of course knows this album and because this was, was the first one that if can I borrow a dollar was a, was a relatively was a quiet hit. Not a lot of, you know, not a lot of tracks on there that people recognize, but this was the first one that people started to recognize comment for who he was. So I'll go around and sort of get everyone's opinion about this as far as the album. And then um, we'll go from there. So I'll start with Jay actually just trying to get you the first time that you heard this album, what you thought. And then that's rev- listening to it this week, coming up to this review, what you thought about it. So the first time I heard it, I mean, I was pleasantly surprised because I really wasn't, I don't think many people really checking for anybody coming out of Chicago like that. I think the brat might've came out first and that you know, the album was rocking. So the, for the, like common to kind of follow up with that, yeah, cause I think brat came out like summer of 94 from 94. Yeah. 94. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I mean, Production wise was fire. I mean, comments lyrics, you know, just like the first string, all that, all that like alliteration on the first string, the resurrection dream, like just took me by surprise. And of course, the track I used to love her, um, and the other tracks we'll get into later. But I mean, it was just a really solid, a solid project from Common. I mean, and looking back on it now, like going back and listening to it now, kind of makes me upset. Not so much, more so about about like no ID, like not getting the, the props he deserves, in my opinion. Yeah, like I mean. <laughs> And I was wrestling with, like, even saying this about him. I really almost, like, feel like he's, like, the T.K. Kirkland of the B-world, in my opinion. Mm. Okay. And I'm, I'm, I'm explaining what, explain what I mean by that. Like, okay. All right. <laughs> no ID. You know, he's wonderful at his craft, just like T.K. Kirkland, if you're familiar with him. You know, very funny comedian. Like, he's been out there doing his thing and everything like that. But you're not going to hear him among the greats. I mean, same thing with no ID. And 
TK Kirkland has mentioned has mentored excuse me people that you've heard of like mm-hmm. you know been like specifically like Dio Hughley and a few other um, comedians whereas like you know with no ID he's pretty much the re- he's pretty much is the reason Kanye is on like you know he mentored Kanye West yeah so I mean I know Kanye is pretty much staying relevant through all of his antics and everything like that and and his production I mean. Even after that skid mark of album Jesus, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, no idea. He's just been so thorough. I mean, producing Commons last drink, um, the Dream Unbeliever, and the fact like you know he kind of, in my opinion, one upped Kanye by producing Jay Z's whole four 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 album because mm. I like, like slapped from like beginning to end. Yeah, I mean, to produce somebody as mainstream as Jay Z and like, I mean, I, I just still feel like he doesn't get the props he deserves. I mean, that, that's just my opinion as far as, like, you know, with how, with how dope No ID is. I don't think anybody ever puts them in, like, their top 10, 15, even 20 as far as producers. So, back to as far as, like, Common, I mean, like, like I said, just a pleasant surprise as far as, like, everything he brought to the out al- everything he brought on the album. And, you know, unfortunately, I used to love her. kind of started that beef. And, you know, I do feel like, you know, I do love West Coast hip-hop. The Cube overreacted, in my opinion. He did. I mean, he did. He jumped out there. We totally jumped out there, and, right. and then and then came the bitch and you, and right. then the beef was over, right? <laughs> and I can and I'll say like, I mean, just like just to touch on this whole song, I used to love her. I mean, like maybe I just missed it. I didn't hear anything from like him, like Onyx beefing with him or Daz Effects beefing with him. Because remember, he was like, I see niggas slamming and taking straight to the sewer. Those mm-hmm. are Daz Effects and um, Onyx references. Onyx I, references. I, yeah. I didn't hear a word from them. So like, yeah. why are you tripping so hard? That's, that's just how I took it. You know what I feel? Well, Cube was a respected veteran back then. Yeah. Nobody yeah. was taking on Cube. And I mean, he had just left NWA, and everybody knew by then, that point how integral Cube was to the um, the growth of how NWA was. Yeah. yeah. And, so and no, I mean, nobody was coming for Cube back then. And and the thing is, I think, though, he did overreact because, and I think the way to common kind of reacted to it was, I don't know if people seen that Morgan Freeman meme with him sitting there with, with the the hat on his head and then sort of laid back where it says, you know, I didn't, I wasn't talking about you, but shit, if the shoe fit, go ahead and <laughs> lace that bitch up and wear it. <laughs> and I True. think that's the way that common kind of reacted to it. Like, I nigga, I wasn't talking about you, but shit, since we going there, right. <laughs> then hell let's go there then. Yep. So it's like one of those things, like, you know, you hear somebody talking at a party, like, and you think they talking about you, and you decide to jump out there, like, nigga, I wasn't even talking about you, man, but since you saying something, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's the other thing, like, with that point, like, we talking about, like, what, 1994, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, Q was a vet and everything like that, but really, at that point in 94, it was more so about death row, as far as, like, remember, because they were saying, like, you know, to get big with the West Coast and everything like that, and pretty much like Death Row was like the face of West Coast hip hop at that Doggy time. Style yeah. Just came out. yeah, and Doggy Style just came out. So I would, th- I would think like a Dre and Snoop response would have been more <clears throat> would have been more expected than something from Cube. So yeah, but I think he did make a mention the Boys in the Hood though. So that's oh, yeah, why I yeah, think yeah, 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 yeah. So in right, the song true. and the lyrics, that's why I think Cube probably jumped out there and been like, "Oh, for real?" He you definitely know? did. So true. Yeah, but. Nah, I hear that. So, Dave, your reaction when listening to it when you first heard it, and then listening to it this week when trying to coming up with the review for it. First time I heard it again, I was with this dude and was listening to most deaf in common. And then with me, I always go back into the back catalog. So, naturally, resurrection was on deck. Her resurrection, and next thing you know, my life changed. It was just that simple. I loved resurrection. I just like do 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 do. Once you hear that little piano roll, it's like, oh man, got something serious here. 
then you broke down and then you got uh i used to love her and then my favorite track on this album is book of life now book of life caught me when i was like in a really messed up part of my life like it was just just completely jacked up and i'm just listening to it i'm like man like i was driven to tears a few times listening to that one track because of what i was going through and it really gave me hope and a little bit of you know a little bit of stamina like yo you can you can pick yourself up and you you can you can do this you can do that it was just an awesome track orange pineapple juice now I'm looking at Brian right now because I'm like, yeah, it, it's still a banger. I'm like, I, I prefer I prefer orange pineapple juice over nothing to do. That's just me. <laughs> just me, because it just just the lyricism, the lyricism in that track. But you know, from top to bottom, it's flawless. Damo, <laughs> boy, I got real quiet when you talked about that orange pineapple juice. And that we is, we had this we had we've had this debate for years. His silence was like he wanted to give you the thumbs down. Uh, he, he ain't saying that. I was waiting for a rebuttal, but he, he ain't get no comment. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for it. Oh, it's coming. <laughs> yeah, I saw your face. I knew it was coming. I was just expecting it to go right there. But uh, I didn't really listen to Resurrection back then. I'm Eleven. I didn't listen to it till after I heard one day it all makes sense. Mm, then I was like, I was like, oh okay. I said, I said, all right. Well, let me. What else he got? I was like, you know, back then you go to a record store and you gotta go flop through the thing. Like, oh, there it is. Oh, this one. Oh, these all the albums. Oh, let me grab this one right here mm-hmm. and see what this one hitting on. And of course, you know, they had the Book of Life. I love that one too because I I listened to that one a couple of times and make a lot of sense to life. And then, you know, I used to love her. I knew right off the rip what we saw. Maybe back then I wouldn't even know who they was talking about. But now being this old, I knew exactly who he was talking about right off the rip. I like rich man versus poor man. I like this some shit I wrote. It just felt <laughs> just like some shit I wrote. <laughs> you know, a better, better question I had was where do you rank this album out of all the albums he had? Well, that's a, I think we can bring that up the topic at the end, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I will say this to me, this was my first exposure to common as an artist. And I think I did, I heard this album. I think I went and listened to this album right around the time where one day it all makes sense because I wanted to catch myself up because I heard the first exposure I had to common was the whole reminded me of Seth video. He had with Shantae Savage and that was a really fun song and a dope track. And then afterwards, you had his then the uh, the song with Lauren Hill, retrospective of self um, that he had, which was another one. So I wanted to catch myself up on comment because I felt like I needed to do some homework, and so I did. And so my homework was going back and listening to this. The minute the album starts with the resurrection track, with again that piano sample you talked about with those scratches and his wordplay in that one, that I used to love her was something that my boy, actually my boy Chris, our boy Chris um, in your face actually put me on to and told me to study that song because I was learning and starting to go through my whole processes of learning how to rap. And he said, go through and study that song. That was it. Going through the track list, though, it's um, interesting, though, some of the samples that were being used. No ID, like you said, Jay, is a master. And anybody who wants to, you want to give Kanye his props, thank No ID. And cause mm-hmm. Kanye, because Kanye himself did. Yep. And Kanye sat there in his basement and in the studio and learned pretty much just sitting there and watching him. And so if you want to thank listen to Kanye, thank No ID. And you're right. No ID doesn't get a lot of his props because 
commercially he hasn't done a whole lot of work, but I think when people heard the death to auto tune and then definitely the four, 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 you know, that's when I think mainstream people started to catch on an OID by B. I think it had been almost 20 years too late, but you know, it's not the here nor there. He's definitely respected in the game as a veteran. A lot of tracks on here. I definitely love the feel of a lot of them and love the feel is how common sort of shouted out his hometown shot Chicago. And to me, I think that's really when he's at his best, when he's shouting out his hometown and really sort of bigging up where he's from. And that album was pretty much very big on that. So I love it. A lot of good tracks on here. Of course, some work as well with Muhammad Ali with the O and why not as well on rich man versus poor man. A lot of jazz infusion into this album. A lot of the samples and things that were used to be done here very intricately, a lot of digging that went through this album in order to be able to pick the tracks, to be able to make tracks on here. It's a very smooth album to me, you know, very, very smooth. And, but still very raw as far as when it comes to the drum sound. It's you a know? vibe. Yeah. The album's a vibe. It is. So when I got this and had it on CD finally, because I had it on tape for the longest while, it was one of those rotational albums that I kept around with me for quite some time. So, so there we are. So we're going to go around to highlights in uh, on the, of course, on the album, I'll, I'll start with Dave this time. As far as your highlights, you named a one of them, Book of Life. Is there another highlight that you had on here? Communism. Communism, <clears throat> okay. Orange, pineapple juice, uh, watermelon. There's so many, bro. There's mm-hmm. so many. Resurrection. I, 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 can't, I can't name just one, bro. I can't just, I can't name just one. So, yeah. I'd probably say my biggest highlight of book is Book of Life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, Book of Life was one of my favorites, too. Jay, highlights? Or any, were there any low light first day, but were there any low lights on the album for you? Mm-mm. No? Okay. Jay? All right, so um, as far as highlights, uh, Orange Pineapple Juice, because basically I just like love the wordplay and, you know, just like the like the metaphors and everything he had in there, and he just like just kept coming with them. And, like, and I guess we'll go into the, like, the lyrics specifically later, but... That's one of my highlights, um, Book of Life, and I'm not sure if um, it, this was touched on before, but like just like it wasn't like a typical. I grew up in a Section Eight housing, like at a disadvantage. He was like one of the things he was saying, like you know, I didn't, I wasn't even dealt that bad of a hand, but it's like, but I had a plan, right? But it's like things like mentally, yeah. I was holding them back. It was like more so, it wasn't no circumstance around, which is like you know, just just his mindset, and that thing, I, that's something like a lot more people could relate to as far as things that's holding them back from greatness among all the other nonsenses in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, communism, I would say, is a highlight. Of course, we all love I Used to Love Her. I don't really want to say it was a low light, low low point of the album for me, but like the This Is Me joint, just because I, really, I, I guess I wasn't really feeling the spoken word aspect of how he was delivering his bars on there, but I mean, mm-hmm. it wasn't whack, but it just wasn't something I'd more likely skip over it just to be real. So Yeah. yeah. Damo? Highlights, of course, I Used to Love Her. Resurrection, um, orange by apple juice, of course. Like I said, I like some shit. I some shit I wrote. I kind of like the pop zone at the end. I love that zone too. It really ain't too many low lights. Yeah, yeah. And like my, I said, you know, the album is a vibe. You know, when I used to smoke, this would have been a good zone to mm-hmm. ride around, just blazing and just driving, thinking mm-hmm. about life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's a great retrospect album to think about life. Lonnie though, Lonnie Pops Lynn. Lonnie Pops Lynn actually passed away a few years ago now. Um, but he had was a staple. He ba- actually died in two thousand and fourteen. Lonnie Lynn played in the NBA, also played in the ABA. Um, so and and Common himself was a basketball player. Originally went to FAMU to go play basketball. 
before he dropped out of college and started his career as an MC and eventually as an entertainer and a uh, actor as well. But Pops did a couple of those raps. I know this was the first time that he did it. He did one on, he did one as well on One Day to All Make Sense. He also did it as course on Like Water for Chocolate. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. I think that may have been the last time that Pops did one. I don't think he did one on Electric he Circus. He did one on Electric Circus. Electric Circus. It was just like a 15-minute joint with everybody who was featured on the album. Oh, it was long. Yeah, well... I got my thoughts about Electric Circus. <laughs> oh, boy. I had a conversation with somebody about that because they asked me about the podcast. They said, what are you doing this week? So I told them Resurrection was one of them. And we got to this, Damo, like you said, the conversation about, about Common, about his uh, discography and about how do you place things. And I'm like, well, you know, there's a certain point in time you got to sort of look at and then break it up into certain Common's discography up into certain ones. And if you want to leave one out, then that's probably the first one you get to be like, all right, this is a, a dud, you know, but <laughs> every 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 artist is is due for one. Yeah, so Common got two though. What's his other one? Uh, the one with the Neptunes. Uh, Universal Mind Universal Mind Control. Yeah, that was another bad one too. That was another bad one too. Oh, rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> My highlights, of course, Resurrection, the title tracks. It's a great way to be able to start out the album. I used to love her. Um, Book of Life was another good one as well. It was, like I said, very introspective. In My Own World was another one that I loved too, especially I, I love that beat. It was very simple, but I love that beat in a way that Common and No ID sort of spit on that. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. My favorite track on here is number seven, Nothing to Do. And Dave knows that. <laughs> nothing Dave, to do. If Dave, knows nothing, <laughs> if Dave knows nothing else, it's that Another Wasted Night skit into Nothing to Do. Yeah. It's like my, probably my favorite stretch of the album. Boy, say, if you don't set me up with some old fat ass <laughs> bitch, I will kick your motherfucking ass. Bitch gonna talk about some shit. She wanted to watch some movies and shit. This ain't no motherfucking <laughs> cinema, bitch. <laughs> but oh well, just another wasted night. Oh, oh <laughs> hey, hey, what can you say? And then this track comes in, and that track that No ID sampled for this is actually a part of Walk On By by Isaac Hayes that a lot of people do not. Probably you might glance over or gloss over for a little bit. There's a section there, that section there with that bass line and then that trumpet or those that, those horns, that dun, dun, that saxophone. He takes that. It's I love when No ID does things like that with that track because he took a track that has been sampled. Oh, I don't know a few. I don't know. I would say I would probably say that walk on by track has probably been sampled a couple of hundred times in all of hip hop history. He took a part of a track that a lot of people kind of glossed over and he takes that one part of that track that's been sampled a few hundred times and then he makes it his own. And then I just love the flow on that track, the things that he was sort of talking about, about being around the way. And it was just very, very. And then, of course, the chorus and then the ODB sample from from uh, that they, they took from uh, from Wu-Tang. Niggas be rolling. It's just 
Mm-hmm. It was. A, I love that track. That actually is probably in my top ten of common tracks all time. I love it. I love it. Uh, Communism is another one. Chapter thirteen, rich man and poor man was a good one too, though, because of the message in there was great. And then um, some shit I wrote. It was. I like to be be able with that with that piano, that that deep piano chord that's over and over, that loops over and over again. I'll be quite honest. I'm not really a huge fan of orange pineapple juice. That's just me though. Came back to it, Dave. I told you. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. And I knew it was coming. And we've been having this conversation for about 15, <laughs> 20 years, man. <laughs> wow. I'm not really a big I'm not really a big fan of that as a track. It's not one of my favorites. This is me. It's probably another low life. Like you said, I don't really like the the flow on that track. You know, I could have done without that. But I mean, for the most part, all good stuff, man. I love the fact that it's really jazzy. I just sort of in the same tradition of those Guru Jazzmatazz albums mm. and everything else, like very, very laid back as far as when it comes to the beats. And you got to give no ideas props for stuff like that, man. But You, you want to elaborate more about cause your face? That, you didn't give enough words to what your face said about <laughs> the, the orange part of it. Well, I mean, it's just, I, I'm just not really, like when I went and listened to it again, because this is the first time I think I've listened to it front to back, this album, front to back in quite some time. And... I remember that I probably felt some way about it back then, but then I was reminded again, because to me, it's just, I think that, like I said, it's a good message. Everything else. I just, it just wasn't one of my favorites. The The vibe didn't hit me right on that song. It didn't. And that's just me. I, I Maybe it's just it was, the me thing. I think it was his flow. His flow on that joint which yeah. just made it so sick. Yeah. I mean, Asking me to let us catch up. Yeah. No, you can't cut him. <laughs> so words of words of as James. Not that good, but that man. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I mean, it's a good track. I'm just, uh, I'm just not, I wouldn't put it near the top of my favorite tracks here. Let me put it that way. I will put nothing to do ahead of that. But that's just me personally, though. That's just me personally. So, but no, it's, it's a lot of good things here. I like the fact that Kama was sort of in his transition. This is in the transition from him from Can I Borrow a Dollar into what you hear on What Day It All Makes Sense. This is sort of like him literally being in the middle of those two albums as far as where his flow was on Can I Borrow a Dollar versus to what it was on One Day It All Makes Sense. It's literally right there in the middle. And it's a little bit of a happy medium, to be quite honest. So we'll get to notable quotables now. And I know there's a lot of them here because there's plenty of double entendres, plenty of lots of references and things in here, metaphors and similes that are just loaded with them throughout this, this album. So I'll go ahead and start. Um, I'll start with you, Dave, as far as quotable. So you can go ahead and let us know what you got. As I maneuver through the manure, I try to be responsible. I want a job, but I ain't looking. How come? I ain't trying to degrade myself being nobody's Calvin. I'm a couch bump. But what makes it bad is that I had incentive. But that disintegrated to a state that stagnated. I procrastinated. I can't recall a day without being intoxicated or blowed. Mm-hmm. Ain't dealing with a full deck in any day I could fold. What makes it bad, I wasn't dealt that bad a hand. And I had a plan, but things didn't go through the way they were supposed to. Thank God I found you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing I love about Book of Life, man. Yeah. That verse really, that and that was the second verse, that really helped me at my, like, my damnedest. Like, I was just down and out, blaming everybody, bitching and moaning about being, you know, passed over for a job, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. But it's just like, yo, he just like, yo, you know, you can make the best out of any deck that you've given. 
And that's what I learned from that track. Is that, what, is that what Dave Chappelle got Calvin from? From the skit? No, no Calvin was. was yeah, oh, nah, you made the old McDonald's, McDonald's, yeah, nah, McDonald's commercial. Yeah, yeah, nah, yeah. Calvin, he got Calvin from the actual McDonald's commercial. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like the old school. <laughs> so the old right. so the so the old school Calvin. Yo. The old school Calvin McDonald's commercial. Like, hey y'all, Calvin got a job. <laughs> Ain't that great? Calvin used to be on the corner. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, motherfucker, get a real child. Mm-hmm. Nah, but the actual, <laughs> yeah, but the nah, but the but the actual the actual um McDonald's, but Calvin's McDonald's was an old school thing about Calvin going to work, and it was like the first uh, McDonald's Urban's Urban's commercials they started back in the day, and it was like Calvin heading to work. Calvin's got a job. He's right. a, a credit to his community and everything else, and he's working hard and everything. Like that's where the that Dave Chappelle skit was based off of that, and how. <laughs> The way Calvin really would have been if Calvin would have went to work, motherfuckers have been robbing him of his McDonald's and <laughs> his baby mother tired of eating McDonald's and all types well, of they shit. Showed him getting robbed. Come yeah. on, yeah. Nah, so losing, losing, um, elderly people. To exactly, <laughs> right. She got diabetes. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So Jay, your quotables. But um, all right. So it's gonna be the um, orange pineapple juice drink. I know you. It's not one of your favorites, but mm-hmm. that's, it's actually a couple. Yeah, I'll just read. It's like. I'm the act to follow housing kids like Ronald, Mac, like Donald, Goins, flows. I change like coins. Like the Jane Day said, um, use a hamburger. I'm a fud rocker. Ask me to let us catch up, knowing you can't cut the muscles. So where's, where's the, the beef, beef jerky? I'm as worthy as James. Not mm. that good with names. Right. Mm. And then the last one, he was like, when he was like, you get defeated like Kunta Kinte. Like, <laughs> <laughs> ignorant is all hell, so I had to include it here. So, mm-hmm. um, yes, yeah, so, I mean, there's others, but I mean, since you know, Dave kind of touched on, like, you know, um, the Book of Life journey, which I think we all can relate to. Mm-hmm. So come up with that one. Yeah. I think that might be the most relatable song on this album. If yeah. you if you're in a certain age age range, like you know, I probably say just getting out of high school, and maybe from like eighteen to twenty four. I think that's uh, kind of like a song that I think everybody can relate to. Yeah, because I definitely felt. I mean, thinking back to my Morgan State days, I could definitely recall days I was feeling like that, especially like with the economy. We we were. Unfortunate to inherit, you know, so Stokos five dollar pizza and drinks. Who, who closes at midnight, by the way, man? <laughs> <is> bullshit. <laughs> That's unheard of, man. Stokos closing at midnight. What yes. kind of what are these kids doing nowadays? Are they not eating carry out no more? Anyway. Right. And, and this is the one on York Road too, by the way. It's Terrible. not one of the new ones. So Terrible. Yeah. Stokos used to close at two o'clock and at four o'clock on the weekends, man. Now it's closing at midnight. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> Damo quotables. Some shit I wrote. Your style is Pascal, mine is basic, and just instinct. I'm with the fan that ran scams. Me and Murray got up on big links, and if knowledge is the key, goddammit, I'm the locksmith. Started a missionary way on my life, the mic I rust like a bostage. I switched styles like a channel with controls that are remote. And then, like, further down, he's talking about, it's like that, coming from the go rapper. I want to bone Jada Pinkett in that whole patch. <laughs> so keep on and you don't. Now come on, uh, keep on and you don't. I was like, oh my goodness. That's my joke right here. Indeed. Nah. Nah, I hear you. My my quote, surprisingly enough, comes from nothing to do. And Jada was going back then. Yeah, back then. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. So my my quote will come from nothing to do, and it comes from the second verse, where he said, and this to me I think is the reason why because I, in the summer of '95 and a couple of times after I went to Chicago, my sister lived in Chicago, 
And I really got immersed into that culture and doing research about things about Chicago. And it's actually one of my favorite places to visit and, and crazy because he references throughout Chicago all throughout here. Said I got more rhymes than the man that got folks had styles since I went to McDowell wearing coats, wearing boats and penny loafers, though I had the nickel in mines. We used to hoop in my yard, but now I dribble the rhyme. It's like raindrops couldn't make our game stop. Skeeter would hit this from the same spot till Marlon told my shit down. Get down. Put your body in motion. Only the strong survive, but on the six or the five. The live sets used to be at the racket ball club with music by. Andre Hatchet, or either a beat by Ferris or them country club parties, we'd be hot as hell and house studs would yell, I ain't no money. Always I would go there. Hip-hop clubs were so rare. I like music anyways, and it was always hosehead. Whitney Young and Kenwood were said to have the best chicks, but mostly Hot Park and V-Holes is who I messed with. The best shit was trooping to the loop in your precisions. Cut class to get ass, but still go to the division. Over your mother's crib while his old girl was while his old girl was at work, bust the bus spoolie on the spread, but still had some on your shirt. Mm. A lot of references in there when you talk about some the different hoods, Whitney Young, Kenwood, High Park, and then V refers to a hood in Chicago, of course, as well. But he would talk about some he used to hoop in his yard, but now he dribbled a rhyme and he used to play basketball. His cops was a basketball player, so that's one of the things he was known for when he actually went to college to be actually become a basketball player. But just the the feel of this track to me like I said I love it because of that Isaac Han- the Isaac Hayes sample and then of course the ODB sample with the niggas be rolling I'm out with my crew ain't nothing to do but uh niggas be rolling <laughs> ain't nowhere to go so I hook up with the hoe while uh niggas be rolling I gotta make a stop take a leak and get some chops cause um niggas be rolling gonna hit the streets for some brew and some eats cause um niggas be rolling so that that's my quotable and um it's the longest track on the album, actually. Nothing to do. Five minutes and 20. Well, second longest, five minutes and 20 seconds. But that, to me, is my favorite. And all you guys, I think everyone here had great quotables, though. Even the Orange, I mean, like I said, I don't have anything. To me, maybe it was just this flow on Orange Pineapple Juice. But I think, the no doubt, the lyrics were on point. Without a shadow of a doubt. It was. It definitely was. So we're going to get to the point now where we're at. Point where we make our verdict to see whether or not it stands the test of time. And uh, we'll go around the table one by one, and I'll go ahead and start with Damo. What say you? Is it certified on the borderline or just in this time? Well, it's a classic for its time. That's not my favorite album of comments. Don't look at me like that, Dave. I'm just saying how I feel. This is my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> the vibe is it's a good vibe album. Like I didn't say, it's a good vibe album. But, I mean, I'd rather listen to B. B is my joke. Mm. So, Jay? I'm have to say it's borderline. Mm. I mean, dope and everything like that. And I'm saying, like, spilling lyrics and everything. But, I don't know, I guess, like, with comments later projects, I'm ranking those over Resurrection, you know, with as dope as Resurrection is. So, I really can't. Say it's like certified. I mean, yeah, we all know the impact of I used to love her and all like that, but I wouldn't say it carries it hard enough to make this overall project a classic. That's just how I feel about it. You didn't give him the look, Dave. You didn't give him the look. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. All right, right, Dave. Um, Just because of it was the first common album that I listened to, and it's got like very to me it's it's it, it impacted my life a lot 
So I think it's certified because of uh, just a, the the couple of singles that I listen to, in particularly Book of Life, Orange Pineapple Juice. It, I think I was hard pressed to find an um, an album that had such an in, uh, such a great opening track. Because mm. Resurrection, like that, when you hear that piano roll, you just know you' about to dive into something good. So uh, yeah, I think it's certified. I'm going to go ahead and say it's borderline as well. And I say it's borderline because I think both of your methodologies and reasoning as well. To me, I think this is when Common was really starting to find his way as an MC. And I think his flow kind of really found its way on One Day It All Makes Sense. By the time he got to Like Water for Chocolate. Masterpiece. It, he, had, he had definitely perfected that part of his flow. And for me... I think I like his other projects better. I think this was a good step up from his second, from his first album up to this second album. And I think it definitely put a lot of people on notice, but I would have to say it's a borderline classic. I do think there are some things in here that prevent it from me from being certified. And I do think that it, there are some of the things on here when it comes to his flow, you can kind of tell he was still trying to figure some things out. And I would have loved to be able to hear him, like you said, this latest one, to be able to hear him on new, his, his style now on No ID stuff. you know. But I would have loved to be able to maybe see that when he was at his peak to me between that one day to all make sense and that Finding Forever bag that he was in. It would have been great to be able to hear him on some No ID tracks then to hear him produce the whole Common album. But that's my opinion. I say that it's borderline. So Damo asked the question, and I guess we can kind of go around, is that where this stands at in terms of his discography – so I'm going to take this first and say that I think it's no higher than at least to me, at least fifth, fourth or fifth. I was going to say fourth. And I was going to say to me, it's no higher than fourth yeah, or fifth. I was going to say that. I'm thinking fourth. So. <laughs> B. Like water, like, like water for chocolate. One day it all makes sense. Resurrection. Well, for me, it's it's actually it's B. Like water for chocolate. Find it forever. One day it all makes sense. And then this. Shit, I don't even know. I might. I might have to go lower than that. I might have to go six. What do you put? Hold on. So what do you put in front I of I kind of like the dreamer. Uh, well, nah. I haven't heard that yet. So that joint was fire. It was all right. No, no, no. I'm looking through the, like, the dream. It was all right. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie. It was all right. So you like the dream, Damn. um, the dream blue sky, like by, it might, see, you might, it. you might find like, you Damn. know what I'm saying? Like as soon as you hear the track drop, like the way it was put together, you might find like a pen and pad in front of you and want to start like writing bars. Yeah, I saying. got you. See, yeah. I forgot about I forgot yeah. about finding forever because yeah. like you had B and then yeah, you went be, to finding yeah. forever. That B was like that B intro. Yeah. Well, that the, B to me where it's going. I yeah. said Chicago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can't argue with BB. I can't argue with BB in number one. I well, can't. Well, that B album, and I was talking about this, and, you know, shout out again to Apartment 5B, uh, my boy Kill from Philly, who's out there on Twitter. Um, he, they had a, a topic stating what was the best comeback album. And to me, after Common did Electric Circus, and that to me was a total fail. And when he came back with B, it was sort of like he was sort of, he was sort of f- filtering and living out there on the fringes, like after Erica Badu's box. And the magical, <laughs> <box>. <laughs> and it was sort of like Kanye found him and was yeah, like, "Hey, come on, yeah, get yourself that. cleaned up, nigga. Yeah, we going to the studio, over here good you know, music. exactly." And so, and then after that, it was just like, "Wow!" So, uh, to me, it bees at the top of that. But you know, resurrection. I think it's a it's it's a critical to his development as an artist. But to me, it's about fourth or fifth on the discography for me. That's just me though. And I think for the most part, all of us 
or somewhere in between third to fifth, maybe even six if you're talking to Damo. So it, it fell down to six. It fell down to six. Yeah, six. Okay, true. Or six for me. I I gotta see. Uh, Electric Circus wasn't a total fail. Soul Power was a banger. Um, that shit was terrible. That what? The album was terrible. The album was terrible, but it had a couple <laughs> tracks on the joint that was all right. Was all right. Yeah. Know, Soul Power was a banger. Yeah. Like water, like chocolate. One day it'll make sense. Find the fab. Yeah. I can't wait till we review like water for chocolate. That that well, album was just flawless. Next year we're doing albums for 90, 95, and 2000, so that's on the list. There we go. Oh, by the way, and make sure that you're following us on Twitter cause, and also on Facebook because we have this, this uh, we'll be putting a few posts out there about what you think we should add to our list next year. We have a very ambitious schedule because next year, for the first time, we'll be reviewing R&B albums and then also reggae albums as well. Anybody interested in coming on to the vault to be in to review R&B and also reggae music? Hey, come on and holla at us, man. Hit, up, hit the shows up on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, and then we'll definitely link up with you. But that is going to wrap up yet another edition of the vault. Please make sure you check us out on our host on Podbean. That's vaultcmr.podbean.com. You can also follow us on social media on Facebook, the Vault Classic Music Reviews, at on Twitter at Vault Classic and Instagram at Vault CMR Podcast. And if you go to our bios in any one of those pages, you can get to our link tree, which has every single one, the podcast host sites you can stream and subscribe to. And then also as well, our YouTube channel, you can search us on YouTube, the Vault Classic Review, Music Review Podcast there as well. We put all of our episodes up on there. I want to remind you to check out Damo on the Raw Sex Podcast. Every Wednesday, new episodes there on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Yeah, you can check us out on Twitter, too, with my little rants. And IG, Raw Sex Podcast. Raw Sex Podcast 1 on Twitter. Adults only. Viewer, yes, adults view, only. viewer and reader Lord. discretion advised. <laughs> Lord have mercy. It's not something you want your children reading. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure, of course, you're checking out the Ground Rule Double Podcast on Facebook um, live every week. You can every, check it out on Facebook. Every, every Monday and Friday, we're everywhere. Google, Apple, Deezer, iHeartRadio, Podcast Addict, everywhere. We're everywhere. Make sure you check that out and follow that on Facebook as well. And then, of course, my boy Jay, appreciate you for bringing your perspective for everything. Your knowledge brings a lot to the show, man. We always appreciate what you do. And, fellas, always appreciate you, too. As we close, we want to remind you to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And we want to remind everyone to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate, and elevate because you were never destined or created to stay stationary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and follow us on Facebook at IV Creative and Instagram at IVECRE8. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.